0: All right, let's go hour number two on a Monday. Home Run Derby tonight. If you're a baseball freak and you like a good show, you got some guys that can put on a show. Alonzo and Julio Rodriguez in a round one matchup. Watch early. Get there at seven. Do not miss that one. That may be the best show we get all night long. Vlad Guerrero Jr.'s in it. Mookie Betts, don't know what to think of him as a home run hitter. We'll ask our guests coming up maybe about that one. Some other names that we just don't know a lot about in a home run derby, but Alonzo Rodriguez, circle that one. Those two guys can always put on a show. Uh, That's going on. We also, speaking of baseball, we have UT baseball news. In case you haven't uh, caught it, earlier it was reported, David Pierce. Picks David Pierce as his new pitching coach, plus Troy Tulowitzki is going to be back in the fold with Texas, helping out uh, with the uh, baseball program as well, according to the reports. We'll get, uh, again, Joe Cook's thoughts on that coming up. I'm Chad Hastings, Isaiah Collier alongside Big 12 Media Days coming up, of course, on Wednesday. Texas gets another football commit in the 24 class. They get a basketball commit that now converts to a, 23, a class of 23 guy with a reclassification. All that on the board, plus Victor Wimbanyama's first and second games in Summer League and the difference between the two. He certainly looked really, really good in that game, too. We've hit all of that. Let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline and we'll hit some more stuff with Joe Cook of Inside Texas on 3.com at JosephCook89 on Twitter. We hit him every Monday about this time. What's up,
1: Joe? Not a whole lot, guys. Thanks for having me on. Man,
0: thank you. Uh, It always seems like there's Plenty of Longhorn stuff to deal with. Um, obviously, we've got you know football stuff to get into with media days coming up. But let me get your thoughts on this David Pierce story. First off, uh, reported a little earlier today um, that David Pierce is going to step up and become the pitching coach. Everybody knows that's kind of that's one of his things in baseball. What he's been known for, he's done that in the past. Now he's going to do it here. What do you make of the move and Tulowitzki coming back and all of that? What does this say to you?
1: Yeah, as far as uh, David Pierce taking over this spot, um, being the pitching coach, um, I think after seeing some of the turnover the past couple of years, instead of looking for a third pitching coach in three years, he's just going to, you know, be able to directly communicate the philosophy that he wants uh, his pitchers to utilize, the strategy, all that. And he'll be able to to do that himself. Um, it's it's a move, it's an interesting move, obviously, this far into his tenure. Uh, but there is some, you can take a little solace in the fact that, you know, this is his area of expertise. Uh, you know, he made his hay at rice and, and became a name to know in college baseball because of the way, uh, he coaches pitchers. Um, I'm curious to see how this affects the rest of the program. Uh, obviously David Pierce was head coach. Now he's pitching coach, and I got to think that it may be tough for him to continue to be third base coach. Uh, but there's probably going to be a little bit more, or actually, I don't think there will be more movement going on with the coaching staff. So, but I think they're going to have to figure out who's going to be the, the third base coach, uh, for the upcoming season. Um, and also who's going to still help, uh, with the pitching. Uh, you know, there's going to be, you know, he's still the head coach. And while it's going to be his, a lot of his responsibilities, there's going to be some days when he's going to have to go check out other parts of the program. And so, uh, that they do have some help. Uh, in that area, uh, Chris Gordon, who is coordinator for hitting and pitching development, he was a uh, full fledged bench coach, I believe, at, at Duke. He uh, was a pitching coach there, and they've had some good staffs over the years. So, uh, very interesting. And uh, then, as far as Tulo goes, you know, I think uh, we had mentioned plenty last year that even though he wasn't a, an official part of the program, you know, he stuck around in Austin. Uh, he would come by and help, I think, in whatever advisory role the, the NCAA allows for someone like that to have. Um, he's not going to be a full-fledged assistant like he was as a as volunteer assistant a couple of years ago during his tenure on the bench, but it, it, <clears throat> he's going to be under the under the roof of the program, um, will not have as many limitations, uh, will be able to work in the office and work with players a little bit more, um, and, th- and that's a big deal. you know. <clears throat> and The draw of working with Troy Tulowitzki is a big reason why Skyler Messenger even transferred from Kansas. Uh, the draw of Troy Tulowitzki helped with a lot of different players and helped the program in a lot of different aspects. So um, I think that's big news to have him back in, a, in an official capacity. Uh, he's someone who, who likes being in Austin. Uh, he likes not having to play or try to get his body ready for a 162-game season. Um, and he likes staying around the game of baseball. Uh, and Texas is going to be able to even more so than previously when he was just kind of a consultant, be able to reap the benefits of that uh, going forward into the 2024 season. And you know maybe we'll see if it continues and extends when they go over to the SEC.
2: Yeah, Joe, we know the love Tulu got in the clubhouse. He's a big part of this university at this point. It was weird not seeing him last year, but like you said, he's always been around and I'm not surprised that he's back with this squad. But with the major league draft, you know, going on yesterday and continuing today, and we knew those LSU guys would go one, two. Are you surprised that nobody from the University of Texas was selected yesterday? And who do you expect to maybe get selected today?
1: No, I wasn't really surprised that that nobody from Texas uh, uh, got picked. I think if you were, you know, maybe Tanner Witt would be the name that people would expect to go in that first, you know, I guess, first 69, first 70 picks. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the Tommy John concerns and, and stuff like that, uh, you know, in that recovery, um, dipping a little bit on his velocity probably slid him out of that range. Um, you know, to to start your flex segment a little bit early, Travis Saikora uh, mm-hmm. from Round Rock was just picked number seventy one um, by the Nationals, and he was a Texas signee. Yeah. Uh, that's a million dollar slot uh, value, um, and I think that any team that's picking right now probably did some communication with guys in this range last night. So. Um, Best of luck to the dragon as he goes in, into the most likely into the, the Nationals organization. There's a few other guys uh, that they're watching from the class. You know that's always the, the big risk with baseball recruiting. Um, that that you know you can if you get all these equivalent of five star guys, they're all probably going to get picked up in the draft, and then they're going to you know you, you're left with nothing in the class. So you have to thread a very very difficult needle um, in recruiting as far as guys on the roster. Uh, you know the the important I guess point to note is that tenth round because after the tenth round, um, you know, I always tell people that teams don't pick somebody in the first ten rounds without intending to sign them. Uh, there's I think some I don't know the exact way it works, but I think there's a little bit more leeway after that, but anybody in rounds one through nine, they they want those guys on the team, uh, so and in that system. So you're watching for. Like, of course, Tanner Whitstill, still, uh, Lucas Gordon, uh, LeBaron Johnson, uh, Dylan Campbell, uh, even someone like uh, Garrett Gillamette and Porter Brown. You're watching those names uh, because, you know, they could elect to, you know, if they get picked up start their professional career. Uh, but I think uh, those are all guys who have uh, a little bit of leverage. You know, they can come back and, and tell a team, look, you, you better give me what I'm looking for bonus-wise or money wise or, or I can come come back and uh, uh, that's that's uh, you know that's something you got to watch but tenth round or later you know some guys will still elect to go but I think that brings up the chances of them coming back but should be interesting and uh, unlike some of the other drafts and even last night things start rolling with the MLb draft at this point you know the the, the picks are going to come quick fast and in a hurry so over the next couple of days there won't be a, a lot of downtime it's just going to be Pick, tick, pick, pick, tick, and we'll learn pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, it starts to fly. Yeah, they got cranked back up right at 1 o'clock at the top of this hour. Talking with Joe Cook inside Texas. Obviously follows baseball very closely, uh, but also all the other Longhorn sports. Joe, we're getting ready for Big 12 Media Days Wednesday and Thursday. What's got you excited as you're about to head to Jerry World for the last time in, uh, for, for Texas? What do you think we're going to get out of this last trip to Jerry World for Texas in terms of media days?
1: You know, I, there's going to be a lot of national voices there. It's it's like that at every Big 12 Media Days. You know, guys who uh maybe they're covering the whole conference or maybe they're 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 covering college football at large and they show up to Big 12 Media Days and they're going to ask a bunch of SEC questions. And and it makes sense that, you know, Texas is going to the SEC, Oklahoma's going to the SEC. Well, guys, we've been around this program enough over the past couple months to know that they're not even going to mention that. They're going to be like, yeah, we're looking forward to it, but Big 12, Big 12, Big 12. Sarkisian's mentioned. Players have mentioned it. Uh, I think y'all saw. um, I I know when Sark was on with Greg McElroy, he mentioned that there was kind of a player idea to post that 2023 schedule graphic um, when the 2024 Mm -hmm. opponents were being announced. So, the national media is going to come in and looking for you know talking about the SEC and stuff like that. They're not going to get anything like that um, from from Texas coaches or players. But you know, as far as things I'm interested in, you know, there's no quarterback battle, uh, but there is a, a running back battle, I guess you'd say with Jonathan Brooks, Keelan Robinson, Jaden Blue, C.J. Baxter. Uh, that's you know Sarkeesian likes to say he has a run first offense, so it's pretty important. That's a pretty important position. Uh, really curious how that shakes out. And then, of course, you can't, you know, even though there's no quarterback battle, you got to figure out how Quinn has handled this offseason and what he's thinking heading into this year because, uh, you know, if we all had it our way and uh, we're thinking, hey, you know, let's live in a perfect world, Quinn has a big year this year, goes and gets drafted in the first two rounds, uh, maybe even first round, and then the battle between Malik Murphy and Arch Manning begins. That's assuming a lot of really good news, like a lot of really good news. And it's still possible, uh, but Quinn Ewers has to show that if that's going to be something that can happen, he's got to explain you know, what he did in the offseason to make that happen, how he's trying to bring others with him, how he's working on aspects of his game that didn't really work out and stuff like that. So uh, you'll get the SEC talk, but as far as offense goes, looking at the running back position and then trying to figure out how Quinn Ewers has Improved his game compared to his redshirt freshman season. Mm.
2: Joe, you know a guy who will be at Big 12 Media Day representing Texas that I don't think gets enough credit. But after Jalen Ford, I thought he was the best defender on the team last year in 2022. Jade Barron, who starts at that nickel star position, he was terrific last year. The Austin uh, Conley native, and I mean I think that he's gonna have another huge year where a lot of NFL scouts are gonna take notice and say, "Man, this is a guy that could play some serious minutes on Sundays." What do you expecting from jade Barron at Big 12 Media Day and this year in 2023?
1: Yeah, is one of the, the more interesting players to to interview um, because he can he can talk about anything. He can really kind of talk about the culture of Texas and things like that, and also really get down to the X's and O's with you. So it, it's pretty interesting. And I'm with you. I think I think the fact that he played multiple positions kind of maybe clouded in some of the opposing coaches' minds that you know maybe they didn't have a spot for him on their preseason team or media members' minds uh, that they didn't have a spot for him on his preseason team. Uh, but, I mean, that was a, that Jaday Barron was a difference maker for the Texas defense last year, playing a really tough position, playing it well and um, helping out the Longhorns a lot. Uh, it should be a big year for him. Um, I think something for, for Texas to determine, though, um, and I think we we have an idea that the answer will be uh, star, but will he be better? Will the defense be better served with him maybe playing corner or will it be better served with him playing star? Cause uh, although granted some of the uh, uh, Baron being a little banged up for that first couple games last year had to do with this, but Jalen Gilbo got a lot of starts and got some action before his own injury uh, last year. So uh, should be, uh, I, I'm, I'm tracking that, but I think he'll be, end up at star, give Texas a safety trio of, uh, Jalen Catalan, Jaron, uh, Jaron Thompson, and Jerry Barron. It's a lot of experience, a lot of know-how, a lot of athleticism, um, and it'll make whoever ends up being the field corner, uh, that kind of last spot where there's competition, make that player's life a lot easier because of what Barron's able to do.
0: Joe, let's get a couple recruiting thoughts from you. On the football side, uh, anything you know about Aaron Hampton you could share with Longhorn fans? Kid out of Dangerfield, number 13 in the class.
1: Yeah, this is his uh, third overall commitment, his second commitment to Texas. Uh, the Longhorns beat the the Crimson Tide uh, for him. And you go and watch his film, um, he's just a really darn good football player. Uh he meets the what I call the Jordan Whittington standard, which is are you the best, if you're playing in a small classification like Danger Field is, are you the best player on pretty much every field you step on? And and Aaron Hampton meets that uh criteria. Um he's a at this point he's an athlete take for Texas, could be a really uh heavy safety, could be a really good slot receiver. He's got good speed, doesn't have great speed. Um I mean, it, it, he, he will be able to run by people at that level, but may not be the strength of his game at the next level. Uh, but he's got really great short area quickness. Like, he is someone who is just able to uh, get past guys in a phone booth and uh, do the most out of that slot position. I, I like him on offense. Um, he is coming off, I think, a, an injury that he suffered late last year and during uh, Dangerfield's playoffs. so I'm, I'm really curious to see how he holds up but it's it's a example of Texas taking a really good football player um, he's not going to really affect how wide receiver recruiting goes because he is such a you know an athlete take uh, Texas wants four wide receivers in the class and I think they do that they want that plus Aaron Hampton um, not you know I, I think there could be an event or two left in this recruitment uh, just kind of a fact of the matter when you're dealing with someone who's already on their third commitment and kind of a rarity, decommitted from Texas and then committed back to Texas. Uh, but uh, I like the the player that Texas has in him, and uh, he should be someone who benefits from a lot of focused people in Austin, uh, you know showing them that there's a lot of competition to be the best on Saturdays in the fall. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, Joe, that's very rare because usually when somebody decommits, they gone. They getting money from NIL under the table or whatever. They're just thinking the grass is always greener. That's big time for him to come back to Texas and big time for Sark and that coaching staff for getting them back. Let me ask you about Coach Terry and this basketball team getting Devin Pryor, a former LSU commit who was a part of the 2024 class and is now reclassifying to 2023 even though he's a big – young and after the E.T.O. Horton, you know, commit last week from the transfer from uh UCF, the locker room's a little thick, but Devin Pryor, he's on his way to the forty acres.
1: Yeah, and he's from a PSAT Academy in Houston, which guys I grew up there, spent my first eighteen years of my life there, and uh, I I have not heard of PSAT Academy, but uh six seven kinda lanky uh, could use some development and that's what he's probably gonna get. Uh, at Texas. You uh, may not see any minutes this upcoming year, um, and that's because, he, A, obviously he's going to be young for his grade. Uh, he's going to be maybe behind in the physical and you know developmental aspect of the game. So instead of working out, not, and this isn't a slide at PSAT Academy. It's just a complete unknown for me. But what I do know is that Texas and Ronnie Terry uh, and the strength and conditioning staff and, you know, the, the new Uh, center uh, the new indoor facility is going to offer him a lot more uh, than whatever his high school could Um, and he'll be able to likely wait a year may not see him much this year uh, but six seven uh, a body you can develop uh, a good athlete and and, you know someone that you may may, uh, see him in a couple years and be thankful that Rodney Terry took the the chance on him and um, like you said former LSU commit Uh, and it just is a way to even anything, you know, there's not a lot of six, seven wing guys like that in college basketball. Um, and you know, Texas is banking on its ability to maybe create one over the next couple of years. So, uh, good pickup, definitely surprised a lot of people. Um, something that came a little bit out of the blue, uh, but something we were ready for when inside Texas Jerry Hamilton had it the whole time. And, uh, although this may be the last time we really talk about him, um, until hmm. next year, or maybe the year after, maybe similar to what Brock Cunningham had to end up doing for shotgun that first year.
0: Joe, before we let you go, a quick two part baseball question on the major league side. first off, give me a give me your pick for tonight's home run, Derby, and then, as an Astros fan, tell me about your confidence level only down two to the Rangers as we hit the break.
1: yeah, i I guess I gotta go with Pete Alonzo uh, just mm-hmm. because you know. He's Mister Home Run Derby. Um, I'm I'm confident, that a lot of it depends on the Astros' training staff. Uh, the, the, I mean, they're they're kind of walking wounded right now. You don't have Jordan in the lineup. Um, tuve has been been hampered. Uh, even you know, um Fromber's not even going to pitch in the All Star game because he's coming off some bumps and bruises. Michael Brantley, who knows if he's going to play again. Jose Urquidy. There's just a lot of young players who've had to carry the load for the Astros, and yet they're still only two games back of a uh, Rangers team that spent, you know, however many half a billion on its middle infield, um, trying to develop some through the minors, and still only have a couple games and have really limped into the All-Star break. So um, I- I'm I'm really confident. I've kind of looked at this year thinking with some of the injuries and some of the departures that you just it's hard to maintain excellence. And that's what the after have been over the past few years. Uh, so my goal and my kind of standard has just been to make the playoffs this year and then see what happens. That's all I'm really looking for. They're in position for that right now. Uh, but if they're able to overcome some of the injuries and the struggles and all that stuff, uh, and you know, maybe take down the Rangers and win the West, even with all the problems they have had, that'd be something. And, be a credit to the testament to the, to the culture of the team
0: yeah no doubt that's joe cook inside Texas on 3com at Joseph Cook 89 on twitter joe we appreciate the time safe travels to and from jerry world looking forward to seeing you up there and uh, we will chat with you next week
1: absolutely thank you guys thank thanks you, joe
0: Joe Cook, some good stuff there. Talking about Aaron Hampton, best guy on the field, no doubt about it. That's always good. That's what you want, Zay, like he said, out of those lower level guys. Yeah. You got to be a total badass like Whittington oh, was. I need you to be the
2: safety. I need you to be the nose tackle at times, offensively, running back, wide receiver, kick, punts. Return punts, yeah, all the above. You need to be all that if you come from one of those lower schools. And it seems like Hampton is. I like his comparison to Jordan Winnington. Good get for Sartre.
0: Yeah, and stay healthy, too. Say, yeah, exactly. Did you mention
2: that, that part? See, that's, that's the thing. That's what <laughs> Bucky Gobble always used to say. I still says it to damn. this day that that was what he was terrified when he was coaching at Texas in the 90s, and he would recruit these running backs, and he would see, like, damn, you look beat up, son. Right. Like these guys. Or, or you'd just, see them playing all the positions. You'd see them positions. playing all the yeah. positions. They just yeah. do too much. And when they get to campus, they ain't got much just because right. they were beat up the whole time so sometimes they might have to redshirt but yeah that Jordan Winniton thing he jumped right into college football and the injury started to come man you have to think about it just all the workload that he had back in Quero.
0: yeah that's a good point uh, thanks to Joe for his time coming up we'll get where we at in society with Zay see what he wants to get into today there's a lot of wild stories uh, out there as always in the world of sports especially in the summertime things get a little crazy around NBA Summer League and all of that also up next We'll get you a flex segment, watch list, offers, and camps. Oh, my. Including a massive flex name that's already become massive at the highest level. He's coming back to town for an event. We'll tell you about that next on The Horn. Chad and Zay. Wow! Sounds like somebody's about to make me a pina colada in outer space. It's like vacationing on Mars. That's what it feels like. I do not recognize this one. Wait to the lyrics. Okay. Oh. Oh, wait a second. Very 80s. Yeah, definitely. Um... think this is gonna be wrong, but the only name in my head is Jody Watley, but that's not her, I don't think. She got a group. No. Expose. No, yeah, yeah, okay. Expose. I wasn't coming up with that one. Expose. What's the song called? Let me be the one. Let me be the one. Expose to go with right said Fred and the Santana Rob Thomas classic that started it off today. Thanks to Zay for all the great music. Thanks to you for checking us out on this Monday and uh, supporting the shows and the stations. Specs text line is 337-3776. If you want to jump in, we've had Spurs fans jumping in on Victor Wimbenyama and what they saw. Uh, Obviously good news for Texas football recruiting. Another commitment for the 24 class. Texas basketball recruiting. Adding something to the 23 class they didn't even think they were going to have. Devin Pryor, who was going to go to LSU in the 24 class, now ends up. Up at Texas in the 23 class. Plus, we've got the Big 12 Media Days coming up Wednesday and Thursday. We'll have a couple shows there on Wednesday. Obviously, we'll be talking all about it Wednesday and Thursday. And you've heard the love already given to uh, our travel sponsor, Hayes City Store, as well as One Source Gas Austin. So we'll be telling you about them as well. Uh, Coming up at two o'clock, another quarterback list from Zay, but it's the other end of the quarterback list. Last week, we talked about the quarterbacks. That had the best conversion percentage on third and five or longer. That's right. And Dak Prescott ended up way—was Dak two? Dak was two. Ooh, Dak was two on that list. Patrick Mahomes was number one. And Mahomes was one. Today, the great news for you Cowboy fans is Dak is not on today's list. Today is the bottom of the barrel in the NFL. So what are we doing, Zay? You going bottom ten? Bottom 10. Beautiful. Bottom 10. Third and long conversion among quarterbacks. We'll get to that list coming up at 2 o'clock. Zay's got Where We At in Society coming up. Real quick, though, let's get you a Flex segment. We'll remind you about the watch list, plus a big name is coming back to where he made his name. Here we go. Flex ATX. For the best high school sports coverage, listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault
2: is a revolutionary and patented mouthguard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of
0: concussion. Visit BrainVault.com and join the movement. All right, by the calendar, I see it is two weeks away from All Flex Watchlist time. We'll be unveiling the All Flex Watchlist for 2023, the week of July 24th. So get all your info, get your names, send in those videos at FLXATX.com on social media if you feel like there's somebody out there that we just don't know about. Maybe they're not getting enough love and you want to get them some love. Let the Flex crew know about it. Also, some congratulations going out. I saw Carson Workman tweeted out the running back from Hendrickson. He just got back from that FBU camp in Florida, was named All Camp Team. Congratu- also, he was balling. Congratulations to that young man. Yeah, you go to a camp in Florida and get named on the all team. You're not. You're not just showing up. Nah, this ain't no vacation for you. You are playing. By the way, he also made a comment on social media about how the Texas boy was dealing with that Florida heat. Oh yeah, it's different. It wasn't nothing, I'm sure. But he was. He was ready. He, he was dealing with that Florida heat. Good for him. Uh, so shout out to you, Carson. Also, I saw that there's another offer for Jacob Henry. Uh, who's was going to, of course, be a J- Jacob Henry at Vandergrift. He is, uh got an offer from Yale now. Ah, smart man. Yale just dipping into this Austin area, grabbing guys from different schools. Ivy uh, League loves Austin. How about that? Yeah, they, they do. So a Yale offer for Jacob Henry. And then the big name that I referenced, Zay, is Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson is having his first youth football camp in Austin, you can go to FLXATX, uh, check out the Twitter account, check out social media there for a link to this camp coming up. So Garrett Wilson goes to the Jets, obviously, huge story around these parts, turns into the offensive player, offensive rookie of the year in the NFL, and now he's coming back to Austin for his first camp.
2: Very cool. Yeah, giving back. We know him and Brett Beatty are very close, the third baseman for the Mets, and Garrett, hey, he's representing the ATX very well in the NFL. We know he didn't go to Texas. We know Tom Herman mucked that all up. But, hey, Ohio State, we know it's wide receiver you there right now. They're probably going to get another top five wide receiver, Marvin Harrison Jr. And, yeah, Garrett Wilson looking to have an even bigger season than this offensive rookie year, 2022, because now they have Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah. yeah, You think that'll matter? Yeah, I was about to call him 12, but now he's 8. Oh, that's right. You had to change his numbers. numbers. That's going to look a little weird. Can't have Joe's number. Yeah, yeah. I think Garrett Wilson's going to have an even better year than 2022. And shout out to him for coming back here to host the camp. I know he has his camps in the Jersey, New York area. And I think he also has one in the Columbus area, which both of those make sense. He used to play Ohio State, now Mm -hmm. plays for the Jets. And coming back here to Austin, Texas, not forgetting where he came from, giving back. That's special. So shout out to Garrett Wilson.
0: Very cool. By the way, you want to go sing digit when you've done the ayahuasca training it just slims you out slims you everything out. just slimming you up uh, that's what aaron Rodgers is doing yeah that jets team is going to be interesting to watch there's your flex segment we do it uh, every day at one thirty. 30. zay a couple things before this break this texas baseball story somebody sent us a, a text that i think it's a desperation move i don't see how being the head coach and the pitching coach simultaneously is possible this is a unique thing we don't see this near as much in baseball as we do in football. There are coaches that go head coach. I'm gonna be my own. Maybe if, if I'm not my own OC, I will call plays. But to be the pitching coach and the head coach, it is interesting. And and Joe Cook mentioned earlier in the hour. Hey, is he still going to be the third base coach? That's going to be something to That'll watch. Be a lot. Does he have to change the way he thinks about? You know, he thinks about that. Here's the other thing. How does it work in terms of you're allowed so many visits, but a visit by your pitching coach and a visit by your head coach are different? Because remember when the head coach heads out of the dugout sometimes, he has to go get him. Has to. But in certain circumstances, the, so does he have to designate? Like does he have a different hat he can wear and go, hey, I'm the pitching coach right now going to see the pitcher. Is that good? I'm not the, I'm not the head coach. How does that work?
2: I mean, at the end of the day, you want to eat, and sometimes you have too much food on that plate. We ask the same questions about Steve Sarkeesian and him calling plays, but also being the head coach at the University of Texas. Like, is it going to be too much for David Pierce to be the skipper, but also be the pitching coach? Right. We will see, but obviously CDC has a lot of confidence in him because the move is made, and yeah, it's going to be huge that David Pierce brings in somebody to replace him at third play, uh, third base coach because you need somebody that you could trust. I like Tulu coming back, but, yeah, I it's going to be interesting. That's a lot of weight on your shoulders. It is. I no don't doubt. know if it's necessarily desperation, but it's definitely more responsibility.
0: Yeah, and ultimately I'm joking about the visit thing because that's just a visit number issue. So on that last visit, whatever that number is, if that – whoever walks out, and that is usually the coach – then you got to make a move. Right. So ultimately, some of that's not going to matter. I just wonder how they're going to deal with the details. I know we'll hear from David Pierce uh, about all that as we're getting ready for the 2024 season. We've also talked uh, about Victor Wimbenyama and the performance last night. It was impressive 27 points, 12 boards, three blocks in the game. Uh, just the, the presence that he provides uh, was so impressive to watch. And Zay, I'll just keep saying it. At 7 3, I don't think I've seen 73 move that way what joker can give you is one thing but it's just a different body style it works a little differently he's like he's got that like freaky shack thing going on to me when his feet start moving i'm reminded of that i've said i've there's a little pal gasol in him for, sure. for joker But with Victor, I'm not exactly sure. Again, the only guy I keep going back to is, oh, if they'd let Ralph Sampson handle the ball more, and if Ralph Sampson had been better at handles you know, and had been working out like this kid does, maybe that's the comparison, but it's so unique. And Ralph Sampson would have told you if they would have let me dribble the ball
2: because you dribbling the ball seven foot in the 80s was basically a crime. You couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. You weren't allowed to do it. Hell, you were barely allowed to shoot pull-up threes (laughs) before Steph Curry. Hurry, like different guys changed the yeah. game, and yeah, man. Victor Wimbanyama, he showed us on Sunday why he's so special. Friday, a lot of nerves, a lot of distractions with the Britney Spears stuff. And somebody said, Oh, Zay, you, you must not have been uh, teenager a teenager in the 2000s or something. I was a teenager in 2000. Britney Spears is B list now. There was one point in time she was A list on top of the world. It, it was Britney, and who else? Like Christina Aguilera. Even with her beautiful voice, she couldn't touch Britney, but now, Brittany? B-list. Mm-hmm. Sorry, the stuff going, what she did, that's B-list stuff Brittany, sorry. Can't, you know, can't turn back now, but still, Victor Wimbanyama hasn't been able to focus on basketball that much. Now you're going from overseas, the NBA game is so much different, so much more spacing. You're playing with horrible summer league players, like some guys are good. I like Champigny, and Wesley has a lot of promise, Brenham does too, but at the end of the day, everybody's out for theirs. Mm-hmm. And once Wimbenyama realized realizes I said, yo, I just need to play my game let the game come to me i'm gonna get my touches when i do but if i don't i'm gonna make an impact defensively if you look at the history of the nba greatest players of all time jordan kareem lebron bird magic they all play defense too all of them Yep. like magic has a good six, sense by, for that like, in he too. has a great sense you for can defense, feel it especially when he switches out on guards that's probably the biggest liability for bigs in the NBA when they switch out on guards on the perimeter, and most of the time, the guard that has the ball in their hands, they work that big. Yeah. He won't get work very often. Yeah. So when that shot clock goes down, at <laughs> seven and six, and he's pressuring up into you, like if you go by him, you got to worry about his eight eight wingspan blocking right. the shot chase down. Because he's following you, right? Yep. If you try to do a step back jumper, you got to worry about that eight eight wingspan contestant.
0: Yeah, God help you if you're six three and you but, try to fade away.
2: It's ridiculous, <laughs> man. So it's te- crazy. Teams are really going to struggle trying to figure him out defensively in this offensive game, which I think is going to come second. Uh, it's you could tell just the jumper is pure, like you said, Chad, the way that he handles the rock. We've never seen anything like it. And he was ducking all fools on uh, yesterday. He caught that one and dunked it with the right hand. That was nasty yeah. and too easy. He had to put back on his own miss where he tip dunked it. Like, just stupid, just stupid stuff that we've never seen before. He might do that every single game.
0: Yeah, it's not – I can't remember the last time I saw a guy in the NBA game summer league in this case, but an NBA game, dunk a ball. And I thought, oh, they probably need to raise that goal like two feet. (laughs) You know, like I've just never had that thought watching the NBA and and he kind of makes you think that. Shout
2: out to Chris Paul and Steph Curry sitting together at the Warriors game.
0: Yeah. They you know, offic- not early. They officially announced Chris Paul. He held the jersey up, and they worked out together. Not just went and sat at the game together. Chris Paul, they worked, did a workout together, and they both admitted it was so weird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that's, very bizarre. That's some serious beef
2: that Chris Paul and Steph Curry have had over the, what, last decade or so. Both of those guys are from North Carolina, so they've known each other. And a big reason why Chris Paul doesn't have a ring is because of Steph Curry. Those teams in Houston were pretty damn good with Chris Paul and James Harden, and they got very close, but the person who always stopped them was Steph and the Warriors. Mm -hmm. So now that you're a part of Dub Nation along with Clay and Draymond, how are you going to fit? I know Chris Paul's been— Asked questions already about, hey, are you good with coming off the bench and you being Chris Paul? He said, oh, you the coach? Mm. That's what he said. For one, Chris Paul, you better come off the bench.
0: Like, I mean, I. Yeah, the answer is I'll do whatever they need. Do whatever they need. Very
2: simple. Some them guys that go into the Hall of Fame and stuff, they're different.
0: Steve Kerr's the boss, is the answer to that question.
2: They, I I don't understand that, Chris. Don't already cause conflict. Yeah. Like, you haven't even put the jersey on yet. You held the jersey. It hasn't been put on. That's Steph's world. Like what Bradley Bill said about Devin Booker, who hasn't won that nutta. Uh-huh. Now, he ain't won none. He said, this is Book's land. And that's what you're supposed to say. Steph Curry has four rings. Yeah, all these guys have four. You got nothing. Nothing. Just be quiet and play. Which everybody... when. The Warriors don't win, they're going to look at Chris Paul and blame him.
0: Absolutely. So he already is
2: in a bad situation. So, hey, he needs to just be cooperative. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Type (laughs) stuff. (laughs) Like, and just realize that, hey, I don't got many years oh left. I need to make the most of it because yes. the way they did him in Phoenix is pretty cold.
0: For a future Hall of Famer, the likes of him, it's pretty cold. Hey, have we ordered those donuts? Anybody need to go pick them up? I could pick them up. I live right near there. Y'all need me to pick up those donuts? of whatever you need. Giving them rookie duty? Whatever you need. Coming up at 2 o'clock, the worst quarterbacks in the NFL when it comes to third and long. But up next, it's where we at in society with Zay. We'll see if there's any more drama in the NBA or is it something else? Stay tuned. It's the horn. Chad and Zay. Mmm. All right, this one I think I've got. Also very poppy, just like the last one. But I think I've got this one. This is Madonna.
2: Madonna. Mm hmm. Off the Who's That
0: Girl motion picture soundtrack. Ooh, way, way back. Now, is Who's That Girl Sean Penn? No, Who's That Girl is the different one. Who's That Girl is the one with uh, Arquette. That's a different one. Under the Tuscan Sun or Under the Something Moon. Cherry Moon, maybe? She does it with, she did that with Sean Penn when they were married, I think. Ah, that had to be a hell of a set. Those two on the same movie. Oh, my God. All right, Madonna, Expose, Right Said Fred, and Santana with Rob Thomas, all a part of the show today. We hope you are having a good one. A lot of great text rolling in on the Specs text line, 337-3776. Says future Hall of Famers don't do rookie duty at this stage in their careers. I'd go as far as to ask the question what has Chris Paul done to deserve to go to the Hall of Fame? At least worth the conversation.
2: Wow, that's so disrespectful. Whoa. How about that? I,
0: I mean, look,
2: I'm all about not playing anybody in the Hall of Fame. Chris Paul deserves to go.
0: Right. And somebody's saying, so Carmelo and Harden are not great. Well, we're not saying you're not, you can be great and not win a title. We're just saying, in terms of Chris Paul versus Steph and the guys in Golden State. They've all got those rings already. Yeah. And he's walking into a situation where he's got nothing. And Zay was comparing to the situation with Bradley Beal, who has nothing, but he's also going to a group of people. Now, Durant's got his. Yes. But Booker does not. And he was still giving Booker the love of being one of the leaders of that team, even though Booker doesn't have the jewelry. Right. So that was kind of the discussion we were having And, and, and there. Chris
2: Paul's doing all the right things. He's working out with Steph Curry. He's hanging out with Steve Kerr and stuff. Like, there's a meme where Chris Paul and uh, Steve Kerr back in the Houston days, Steve Kerr says something. And Chris Paul pretending to act like he was happy. Then once he turned around, he put on the scowl. It's cold-blooded. One of my favorite memes of all time. Wow. But, yeah, Chris Paul, he's a tough son of a bee. Like, when he competes, he competes. He don't like you. A lot of people say he does some dirty Stockton-like things. I've seen it, and I get it. He's made some enemies. So, he's bounced around the league a lot. Definitely a future Hall of Famer. When you compare Carmelo and James Harden, some guys are great, but... They've never won a
0: championship. They sure, always be like that. And I'd, all three of those guys are Hall of Famers. Absolutely, right? Yeah, yeah. First ballot, no doubt. All right. So a uh, lot of stuff going on basketball wise, baseball wise. You got home run derby tonight, all star game tomorrow. As we hit that crazy dead week in sports, when a lot of when you, when baseball even shuts down for a couple of days, we'll talk some more uh, NFL coming up at two. Uh, right now, though, let's go where we at in society. See what Zay wants to get into.
2: Where are we at in society today?
0: All right, Zay, what do I need to do here? Am I checking Twitter or where am I going?
2: Yeah, go to Twitter. You still do not got a threads yet?
0: Uh, I don't have threads yet. Come on, yet. man. No. You got to step it up. All I'm right. so sorry. You, it's all good. You let me know. Send me. You <laughs> send me a login. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I got you on Twitter. Though. Okay,
0: okay. So, Jeannie Bus, which Jeannie
2: put this out a long time ago, but Shaquille O'Neal obviously just came around to it. Jeannie Bus, former... <sighs> What is she, L.A.'s owner? Well, she is the Los Angeles Lakers owner, but also daughter of Jerry Buss, legendary Lakers owner, who's no longer with us. Mm -hmm. She put out her all-time most important Lakers, top five most important Lakers. It doesn't mean best Lakers. It just means, in her opinion, most important.
0: That's a— it's a heavy word to throw in there. Okay. The
2: reason why Shaquille O'Neal put this out there because he was not on this list, Chad. Come on, man. Yeah. I mean what are we, what it, are we doing? It's the Lakers. You know, they got greats. <sighs> some of the greatest in all of sports, not just the NBA. So in this list, she put Kobe one, respect it. Kareem two, respect it. Yep. LeBron James, uh, Jenny, you're tripping. We gotta stop. You're bugging. You're, you're bugging a little bit. Come on. Magic Johnson, I feel it, Yes, shouldn't be after LeBron, but I feel it, and then her ex-lover, who didn't even play for the Lakers, but was a big
0: part of their history, Phil Jackson. See, here's what I don't get. If you're going to do this, don't you just think it through and say, wait a second, let me take Phil out of the discussion, and if I say most important, Lakers— Technically, that's not Phil Jackson. Look. Phil Jackson was never a Laker. He was the head coach of the Lakers. That's different. So put Shaq in. At first, uh, there, this is just disrespectful on multiple levels. A, if you're going to go one through five, how is LeBron ahead of Magic Johnson? That's stupid. I can even argue why. I mean, I can make the argument why is Kobe ahead of Magic Johnson if we really want to play the game. But. Let's leave that to the side for a second. Why wouldn't you just get Shaq in there, take Phil out, because it's Lakers.
2: That means players, Jeannie. I mean, obviously, Phil Jackson has laid down that Zim master Ugh. in the bedroom. This is horrible. To make her decision kind of murky here. That's dumb. So, yeah, it has to be something, because he's your ex.
0: Like It's not like y'all right. are still together. He's an ex. Or state it clearly most important members of the Lakers organization. Yeah. But guess what? Then Busco, her dad goes in before he does. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah you just, she made it way too complex, then screwed it up at the same time. Her dad saved the franchise. Yes. So, yeah, where's your, yeah. So if you're going to include Phil, then you're kind of dissing your dad in a weird way. <laughs> That's strange. The the Shaq diss is an obvious one. Like, do we really need to have the discussion about the most important Lakers, about whether it's Shaq or LeBron? Are we so lost, Zay, in the LeBron versus Michael Jordan discussion with the younger NBA crowd that we can't even have this one realistically? Shaq or LeBron? Shaq has
2: played with a lot of teams from the Magic to the Heat, et cetera. He played for the Celtics a little bit, the Cavs, Suns. But when you remember Shaq, Lakers is the first Shaq you remember.
0: Think about where they were when they got him. Where were the Lakers when they got Shaq? Uh, He helped bring them out of a dark time. They were in the
2: funk. Magic was trying to play again. Husky Magic. That was not a good
0: time. They were in a mess right there. Roddy
2: was still on the team. It wasn't a good time.
0: He went ring, ring, ring. MVP, MVP, MVP of the finals. Bam, bam, bam. And you put his second in command at number one? Like there's so many levels of insult to this. I,
2: I get Kobe being number one. If we're talking most important, I, I I think Kobe Bryant and him and Magic, they're battling it out for number one. I Kareem is interesting. I don't well, know. Kareem's gotta be on the list. I, 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 think, I would put him there. I, I don't know if he's most important. If we're talking about greatest Lakers of all time, yes. Right. But most important, like Cap was to himself. You know, Cap True. wasn't in the limelight. He hated the media. He hated fans. So it's hard to be important when you represent yourself that way. Because you know, people just people might love you,
0: but you know, it's a different type of love. I think the fact that if you made this list and didn't put him on it, Magic would lose his mind. Tells you Kareem needs to be on it. I think Magic would be pissed if Kareem's not there.
2: But Magic should be in front of Kareem.
0: Too. I agree with that too. Yep. Why is Magic four? <laughs> like, I have so many questions for Genie Bus here why why put the order in there why have phil in there and if you're going to do an order and have phil in there like in the, there's a discussion to be had like put lebron Shaq and then you'd have to add her dad if you're going to have a Lakers discussion with with Phil Jackson and you're not clear about who's in there yeah i mean come on
2: for one Jeannie, jerry west should be on there over lebron LeBron shouldn't be in this list at all. Oh, now
0: that's an interesting point. Yes, he got you that one ring,
2: but this dude was the freaking logo. Now, I know if you go watch that Showtime HBO Mm. biopic, Jerry Mm. West – I know some of that's a little fiction, but <laughs> if she knew how real Jerry, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jerry West was, especially with her pops, if any of that's real, then maybe I could see why he's not on this list for you as most important. But come on, man. George Mike, even though I know that was Minneapolis, Elgin Baylor, like there's dude, dudes. I got dudes that have put on that
0: iconic purple and gold. Dude, and, I will defend Shaq's mm. face on that one. His face needs to look that way. That's absolutely silly.
2: Hell big game James might be in it before Braun. <laughs> oh, come on. Like I'm, I'm talking about Lakers. Big Game James, eighty eight, game seven <sighs> against the Pistons. You gonna put triple double. You're putting Cooper and Rambus <laughs> in the ahead of it. <laughs>
0: Is Byron Scott next? Is that what you're doing? We don't need to go that far.
2: Let's not go that far. Now, Eddie Jones, Nick Van Axel, Jeannie, come on. Now, one thing that Jeannie didn't Nick do wrong. Nick Van Exel. One thing that Jeannie didn't do wrong, Chad, and I brought this up with Jeannie Bus. that Playboy spread still iconic.
0: Oh, okay. All right. The Playboy still. spread where she was
2: butt-ass naked at the S- forum.
0: Still giving her credit for that. I'll give her credit uh, for
2: that. So it's hard for me to hate on Jeannie Buss here, but, yeah, shame on you.
0: Oh, it's all a qualified list sometimes. That is unbelievable all right there you go i just retweeted that at c hastings 104.9 zay threw it out there too at ain't that underscore zay all right two o'clock hour is coming up we'll start with that quarterback list when it's third and long who are the worst of the worst who are the bottom 10 quarterbacks in the nfl that you don't want taking that snap on third and long from 2022 we'll tell you who they were on the horn